If you get the man, you'll get everything else. But if you forget the man, everything else struggles. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Craft Podcast. I'm Bill Eliff, and this is Kyle Reno. We're your hosts for this week by week. And we are so excited today to have the uh, really the Pope of, uh, of Little Rock, right. of Central Arkansas, of maybe the world, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, one of our dear, dear friends, uh, Robert Lewis. It's great to have you and and Kyle, you and and Robert. It's really been exciting. Are working on a fresh initiative yeah. that it, I think is going to go all over the world. I, I believe. And uh, so, Kyle, why don't you introduce yeah, man. Robert? I, to us? I would encourage every listener. You have no idea uh, how much your life can change from one prompting of the Holy Spirit. And so, I remember telling you about this, Bill. Early on, I was sitting at a Panera Bread, and I looked across because I had walked through men's fraternity. I looked across, and that's Robert Lewis over there eating lunch. You just by yourself at that point working on something. I was actually working on something. My car was getting worked on down the road. And, and I'm telling you, as clear as possible, the Spirit of God says, go and ask him to mentor you. And I went, man, that's Robert Lewis. He's probably had five guys ask him that today. Right. You know, right. Right? But he's like, no, d- just do that. And so sure enough, I boldly got up and walked right out the door. <laughs> <laughs> it got on I-40. And no, the, that's and, no glory. Man, I'm telling you, on I-40, the Lord reminded me that, hey, that was me. And, and you just disobeyed. Like I was really, so I, then I had to go the cowardly way of asking somebody to ask somebody. And then finally I get to his son to get an email address to wimp, like a wimp saying, <laughs> kind of thank you to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, and we did, we did one lunch to another lunch to another lunch and ended up, man, the Lord has used you in so many ways to encourage me in my leadership and Bill told me early on, Kyle, keep asking him to lunch. You know, I've said many times, and this is the truth. Yeah. Robert and I have had lunch many times through the 30, 40 years we've known each other. I have never walked away from a single time with Robert that my life hadn't been impacted. That's awesome. That's a truth. Well, you know, I, I need to get with you guys more often. Yeah. I feel, pretty, <laughs> I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> Oh, man, listen, one of the ways, because we could just sit here and build you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, this is great. <laughs> one of the ways that the Lord has used you, though, specifically, is is ministering to men and empowering manhood movements. And so I watched you, you know, in Little Rock get a fresh passion, honestly, for the millennial age men that had no bearings and really what became better man, what you're working with now. And and asked you to come do that in Conway when I was the lead pastor of a church we planted. And you said, no way, no how, but I'll help you do it. And we watched the Lord do a miracle in that season. And we'll get to that. I want to get to Better Man. But right now, well, we'd love to, in light of this podcast, which is about a real move of God, you, you have seen, Robert, and if you looked across American history specifically, you know, God oftentimes does something in the hearts of men before he unleashes things in, in the lives of families, churches, communities. And so, man, tell us a little history about as you've watched and seen manhood movements and you've seen in your life and us and what you're watching right now. Well, you know, I, I, looking back over the years, 
it's amazing to me that we couldn't see in Genesis this call to men to step up. Because right. in Genesis, right there is the pattern of how to take a culture. And it starts with grooming the man to be a life-giving, responsible man. Right. Not to do what he wanted to do, but to follow after the living God and just follow some simple, clear, you know, directives right. that are gonna give him life and everybody around him life. Right. And then that goes and starts filtering it to a culture and first with family, then the church, then the community. But we've missed that and now we've missed it so much, we don't even think about starting with men. Right. And I know when I went and was part of starting a church here in Little Rock in the 80s, um, you know, I'd been groomed to, to, to be a more, what I call a traditional pastor in the sense of, you know, leading a staff, preaching every Sunday, doing Bible studies and those kind of things. But in the late 80s, some guys came up to me that had been friends all the way back to college and said, hey, could we do something for just the guys? And here's what I got, want you to know, and it's still pretty much true. In most churches, there are things for everybody especially ministries and staff for everybody except men. I mean, and you kind of go, is, is that a strategy of the enemy to keep men, you know, in the dark? Mm. Um, but we didn't have anything for men. We had children's ministries, women's ministries, singles ministry, youth ministry. I could go on and on. We didn't have any men's ministry. So these guys were asking me, would you do something for the men? I said, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> because I, had, I wasn't groomed on anything manhood wise. And they said, well, just, you know, we're we're getting into that middle season of life where we got families and things and we're just feeling disconnected. So, and we just need some help. And I thought, cause I'd had training in counseling psychology and graduate school at Lewis and Clark College up in Oregon. And I thought, we're really talking about some, psycho some psychological things. These guys are needing emotional stability and I, I said, okay, well, let's do that. So we got together and just had where I taught a little bit and then I opened it up for honest questions. And it was 30 of us. And let me tell you, the things that started flowing out of that were disturbing for me because I didn't have any answers for them. In fact, when these guys were sharing about my dad and I don't get along or I didn't have a dad or you know, how do you parent? I don't know how to parent, I'm guessing at it, stuff like that. I went, that's me. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the guys, and this was, I told Kyle and you both this, one of the guys said, how does the Bible define manhood? Mm -hmm. And I remember, here I am, I'm 37 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I'm 37 years old. I've got two masters and a doctorate from seminary. Yeah. And I looked at him and went, I don't know. I mean, I could tell you some things about manly characteristics like courage or mm -hmm. aggressiveness, but to give this guy a definition, I didn't know. So that ended up just me, you know, I think it was the spirit of God saying, do something. So I spent the summer looking at the Bible and manhood, promise keepers was just starting and that yeah. kind of thing. So there was, God was doing something. And so I came back with some information out of the scriptures that were changing me. That's the key. Mm -hmm. It was changing me. And so I wasn't coming back to teach. I was coming back to share. Mm -hmm. So I shared with that same group of guys and the next year, rather than there being 30 guys there, there were 300. Mm -hmm. And then the next year there were 600. 
And then in the third year, there were 1,500 men every Tuesday morning coming to listen to me talk about my, my journey. That was the key. I wasn't preaching and teaching like a theologian. I was just sharing, here's where manhood is. Here's what we're struggling with. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's some of what the Bible says to address that. And guys were just eating it up. Mm. They were just eating it up. And, and you know, we talked about in our last podcast about the Jesus movement. This was kind of a second Jesus movement with me because God put his hand, I really believe, on me to experience speaking into men honestly and aggressively to find a manhood that we could boldly implement together. And guys started sharing it with each other. And the next thing I knew, I was publishing the content and it was going all around the world. Right. That's been my experience with manhood. And then I turned and started traveling the country and even the world, trying to get pastors to do similar things and had some moderate success. But I got to tell you, the, the thing that was most disappointing is so many churches would listen to that and still not implement it. And I feel like we have a huge today in America, we're experiencing what I call a huge Genesis deficit in manhood wow. because we're not going to what I call first cause right. principles. And that is, if you get the man, you'll get everything else. But if you forget the man, wow. everything else struggles. And no matter how many programs and money you put into it, it'll keep struggling because the man is absent. Wow. I mean, in looking at our age, I mean, you've talked about this a lot. I mean, all the different, there's so many things to look at and be frustrated about. Be like, I mean, why is this playing out? Why are people having this conversation this way? Dysfunction, all those things. But if you'll start at the man, if you'll start at like, you know, the relationship maybe that guy had with dad, you know, maybe the, the, the lack of training in just life skills right. or truth to God decision making, that's how we get there. That's, right. that's, that's how we, we landed there for real reasons. Right. And so if we'll go back there, right. if we'll go back there at the very beginning, which I think you said really, really, well, let's go back to the beginning in the Bible. Right. How did God do it? How yeah. was he building a culture? Right. And let's go back to the beginning as a church and say, how do we go after men? The, the silence is scary. Yeah. Like you say that, I mean, Bill and I have talked about this a bunch, that there's so many voices right now in culture. And there's even so many things being said in church. Right. And that there's not this intentional voice into the life of men calling them toward a better manhood. That that's exactly right. And 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 the thing is, the thing for our listeners here is not that the church has got to radically reorganize itself. I mean, churches can do that, but as much as churches need to understand the priority of what we're talking about in building men. Right. And the fact that there is not the priority of building men is what's missing. And everything else is struggling because mm -hmm. of it. I mean, I, I've, just, I've just been amazed at seeing what happened during the years that I was intentionally meeting with men at my church every week and men of other churches mm -hmm. with what that began to unleash in our whole community. Right. And Kyle, one of the things I'm so grateful for you is that you know, as men's fraternity kind of uh, ran its shelf life out, you know, I was approached to do something to reach millennial men, and right. we can talk about that later. But 
but but we put together something to reach millennial men, but I was not gonna be the one to reach millennial men. I needed younger pastors to reach millennial men. And you were willing to courageously step up and say, hey, I'll help be a part of that. Right. And, 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 and you know what we did? We stepped into the Jesus movement again. <laughs> because, because when I drew, drove up, I'll never forget this, when I drove up to the University of Central Arkansas, it's the hyper center right. on campus. Right. And you had agreed to take this flying leap of faith and I walk into a room where we just sent out invitations for men to invite men, and we didn't know who was going to show up. Right. We were hoping somebody would. Yeah, and they were they were just coming in to to hear something about manhood, and we had almost six hundred yeah. guys fill that, and they stayed for ten straight weeks. Yeah. I go, we have our, we we put our finger into right. the spiritual light right. socket, right? And uh, things were happening. Well, and I remember I told Bill this story too. When we get to the end of it, there's a pastor that had been in ministry for 40 years in Conway. And he comes up to me with eyes because we'd partnered with a few churches yeah. to do that big old tears in his eyes. And he, he, he said to me, he said, I just want you to know that I believe that this is the most spiritually significant thing I've seen happen in Conway in 40 plus years. The most spiritually significant cause. God took men on a journey for that. And you walk back into it. I, I think a lot of times the Lord is ready to unleash. He's just looking for some someone willing to go on the journey. Say <laughs> so like, hey, we're just gonna try. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move toward this. I know as we study revival, history, and awakening, at the end of the day, you get to some men. You do. You really do. You get to some men that catch fire. You know that that God does something in their life, and they take it to other men, and they like, hey, this is worth living and dying for then they go do it and reproduce it and everyone follows we can't get the the thing that's just in my spirit as a pastor going god please help us we can't get this wrong and get anything else right you just can't and we've got to slay the goliath that says you can't press men to step forward because that's not politically correct right. you can't talk about men leading the right. culture right. and i think we need courageous men of God to stand up and say, as men go, so goes everything else. Right. And so I'm gonna call men to step forward and take charge of leading a cultural revolution right. with the kingdom. Amen. And and when that happens, great things start happening. I mean, I mean, I'll just tell you, yesterday I was eating lunch in a restaurant. Kyle, you'll, you'll love this, because it goes back to you. I was sitting here having lunch in the restaurant and a young guy got up and walked over and said, Did, didn't you do the announcements at Better Man Tuesday? I said, yeah. And he introduces himself and he says, I just want you to tell Kyle Reno, he saved my marriage three weeks ago. Wow. I was in there and he was speaking about getting real and getting honest. And I've been hiding my sin from my wife and my friends for 15 years. Goodness. And I finally stepped out and said what it is and guys drew around me and it, he said, he said, Robert, I just want you to know, I'm the freest I've ever been that's the best. with my wife too. Amen. And so I just go, but I go, that's that's the kingdom at work. And yeah. But I go, that kind of guy can then go on and change all kinds of right. men out of the energy of that. But we have got to reach men and churches have got to start adding into their mixture mm -hmm. a priority to train men to be godly men. You know, I think uh, we, if you hear some noise, by the way, it's <laughs> yeah. its raining in here or, uh, right above, above our heads. But 
I, I think one of the things that God has used you to do, Robert, uh, we talked last uh, podcast about Bill Bright, Bright developing the transferable concepts right. and easy tools. Well, in Better Man, it's giving us, an, it's giving pastors and community leaders and just the average guy an easy on-ramp. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about that a little bit because this is, this is multipliable. Yeah. That's right. Well, every, every movement of God, if you look at it, and the one I was closest to, the Jesus movement, what was in the Jesus movement was not these figureheads that everybody gathered around and they had truth mm-hmm. because those men were actually trying to press the truths that they had back into people to activate them to reach the culture. Mm-hmm. And Bill Bright did that with the four, I mean, the four spiritual yeah. laws. I mean, that's about as simple as you can get, yet it revolutionized people's view of sharing their faith. Mm. And I go, here we are in a, a second great cultural upheaval in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I go, we have to have things that are transferable. I don't need guys to come hear me. Mm-hmm. I need to empower guys to go into the culture and empower men to empower others. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle knows, better man, its motto is reach and unleash. We want to reach men and then unleash them to reach other men. Mm-hmm. And so our tools, our forms, our studies are all easily transferable. Every there, everything there is video-based, online. Everything can be downloaded. It's a matter of just getting it, getting some men together, watching it, and then having these rich discussions together where everybody becomes real, tells their story and decides whether they want to be the man that they can see defined right there in the Bible in Genesis. You know, and what's so beautiful about this, I saw this years ago with Men's Fraternity. Right. You give them the entry point to that reality. Well, then it's it's not just do Men's Fraternity over and over again. Right. Although there are successive uh, courses I know that you all are developing. But it's you've created a culture mm-hmm. of right. trans, transparency, of courage, right. of sharing, of honesty, right. and that culture starts permeating the society, and and right. you've got a whole new ball game. If you just have a language, yeah. there's no language of manhood today. Yeah. And so, what men's fraternity sought to do, and I think did it well, and I think better man does it well. If nothing else, if a guy goes through our little 10 weeks and just walks out and he can tell his son what a man is, it is unbelievable how that empowers him. And I think the four spiritual laws where you can just tell another person what the gospel is. Mm -hmm. We need transferable concepts with an empowered laity to know their job is to change the world. And they can do it. I mean, I think you're telling a man, here's what God intended. God didn't intend something you can't live That's by right. His empowering, that there, there's life in Him and life to live this definition right. out, and you can give it away. That's right. Mm-hmm. You can give it away. You can give it to your sons. You can give it to your coworkers. Right. You can give it to your people that live in your neighborhood, right. and it will change. These truths change lives. Right. And so I know one of the things I love about Better Man as a pastor, but also as someone just encouraging people to take people on the journey it's free. <laughs> yeah, everything's free. Everything's free. In no, Better Man. In Better Man. To go to betterman.com, if you're listening to this, to, to share it, go to betterman.com, and all these things have been provided, to, which I believe, provided to help empower the next manhood movement in America. That's right. 
to see it to see it really happen. That's right. Again, so ch check that out. Yeah, and God moved. God moved some friends to financially back everything yeah. we've done under the flag. Give it away, man. And and so we've free seen, to us, but not free to somebody. That's right. And, <laughs> it, and, and, and it may and it's high quality stuff yeah. that will change. Let me let me say this one thing about churches, uh, since we're talking about revival and those kind of things. Um, I have learned, I, of course, by being a pastor, I've been with pastors for 40 something years. I feel like that one of, one of the, the glimpses God has given me into pastors is a lot of pastors are passionate about Jesus and the kingdom, but they have unfinished work in their soul concerning their manhood and in particular, their dad. Yeah. And if that's not corrected, it, it takes something away from them. I agree. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I shared this with a group of pastors one time. I think there's three peace treaties every man must make to feel complete. He's got to make peace with God. That's first. Mm -hmm. Secondly, he's got to make peace with his dad. And for some men who's had good dads, that's easy to do. For some other men, it's life-changing mm -hmm. to circle the loop back and close it up by making peace with dad. And then the third thing, he's got to make peace with his manhood. And I mean that by he's got to have a vision for what it means to be a man that he can talk to himself about every day to keep aligning his life. Yeah. But when a man's clear about God, clear about dad, and clear about who he is as a man, he's got the right peace treaties yeah. in his heart to lead aggressively into this culture. Uh -huh. But I feel like a lot of of men and a lot of pastors are being held back because they can feel bold behind the pulpit preaching the gospel, but they don't feel that standing in group in front of a group of men talking about manhood. Mm -hmm. So so they they just kind of dismiss it, but by dismissing it, since they're the gatekeepers of the church, manhood doesn't get any stage at all. And that's why we did a Barna study. About 90% of churches today have little or no men's ministry. Can you imagine that? And I just go, for those listening, <clears throat> if I could give you my heart yeah. right now, just come right out of here and give you my heart, I would say, please do something to make men a priority. That's right. Because as men go, we'll go everything else in your church. That's so powerful. I, the thought of us as gatekeepers aborting that happening to the men that we're shepherds over right. is pretty sobering deal. Mm -hmm. And you think of Jesus raising up his men he to change the world, he you did. know. So, well, Robert, we're so grateful uh, for you and, and we're grateful for what's doing, God is doing in this season of your life and and in our lives and in our churches. And, uh, and I wonder if you just take a minute and pray for all those who are listening and will hear this, that that it would spark some steps uh, for them, would you? Yeah, and maybe the first step for our audience would just simply be what Kyle mentioned. Uh, just look at betterman.com yeah. and see if it doesn't offer men an opportunity to begin to discuss timeless biblical manhood in a way that you can embrace because it is so simple, right. but it's so powerful. Yeah. So let me with that close us in prayer. Lord, thank you for my brothers here, thank you for Bill and for Kyle and just the fact that you have yoked us up in the city of uh, Central Arkansas or Little Rock and 
Conway in central Arkansas to be able to, to inspire men to live out this godly manhood. But Lord, would, would you give favor to increase that vision that men are important, that they need to have encouragement, that they are lost in a manhood fog in our culture today, but if they get redeemed, great things will happen. A revival can happen, but men have to be included in that revival. They can't be left out. So Lord, just uh, allow us to embrace that simple idea. But then from that, Lord, would you lead those who are listening to us today and just letting us share stories with them about what we've seen to, to take some steps in, in initiating some kind of way to reach men in their areas. So Lord, we, we thank you that we've had the privilege to proclaim that, that men are important, mm -hmm. that men are essential in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And we pray that you would give favor to that idea to all our listeners. Mm -hmm. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Robert. And we wanna remind you that you can learn more and have all kinds of resources by going to the OneCry website, onecry.com. Uh, and on there, you can begin with a seven-day personal revival uh, journey. And there are sections for your church, how to pray for your church, how to pray for the nation, how to pray for revival in your community. And we also want to encourage you, as always, to share the One Cry podcast with others. Uh, and we'll hope you'll join us every week.